Good morning. This is Bakes, Kevin Baker with Bakes Takes. Welcome to my podcast. Uh, this is for uh, the Labor Day weekend. I hope you had a great one. Uh, I sure did. And uh, let's get right to it. Number one, touch the stove. I'll explain. Number two, forest for forest versus matches. I'll explain that too. Uh, number three, esports are exploding. No explanation needed. Uh, see what I did there, Mike? The conflagra- conflagration theme. <laughs> Pretty good, huh? I took the SATs last week. Uh, number one, do not uh, listen to my podcast at one and a half or two times. It frightens small children and animals. Uh, the guitar sounds horrible, so I will. Sp- I speak fast enough as it is. Uh, you lose the resonant baritone that you've grown to know and love. So listen to me at regular speed, and I'll uh, keep the uh, the pace going. So here we go. Is our first bakes take. Uh, my slash our portfolio, uh, meaning my and my wife's. Um, and again, lawyer up, uh, you know, th- this is for education purposes. It's not an investment advice. Use your own situation. Do your own due diligence. I'd love to have you share your own due diligence because that's where I think we're really going to uh, have a community that, that, that adds value to everybody concerned. And Mike's concerned that I'm bringing my hands around and hitting the mic, but I haven't hit the mic. <laughs> not yet. Uh, not yet. Um, uh, Bitcoin didn't work and, uh, uh, I just closed it out. I old yellowed it. Uh, it's, a, a, a crude example that I've used in the past, but, uh, stocks are, are, are like old yeller, uh, when they're, when they're jumping in your lap and fetching, it's great. And, uh, when they turn rabid, you have to shoot them and, uh, spoiler alert. I know I ruined that. Um, but, uh, anytime I open the account up and I see a down 15%, I shoot it. And uh, maybe you do that, maybe you don't. Uh, I think it slipped a little bit, so it was more like a 20% loss. But I've used this example in the past. 10% position, 20% loss. Portfolio takes a 2% hit. I live to fight another day. And uh, uh, that's the biggest I will tolerate. And it took me a long time to learn this. And I'm, I've done it. And I'm, my guess is you've done it too, is that you've written something down 50% plus. And there's always a reason why it's going to rebound. There's a exit plan that never works out. Uh, if this happens, then I'll go. If it bounces to X, I'll get out. And I've just learned that it's math. And if you write something down 50%, you need 100% winner just to get flat in that part of the portfolio. Doubles don't happen all that often. And uh, so if I'm down 20, a 25% winner to go from 80 to 100, that can happen fairly readily. So uh, I'm beating myself up a little bit, but I I, I shot old yeller in the case of Bitcoin. And I could, the other part of it is I might find another old yeller and uh, before it turns rabid and I might uh, love Bitcoin in a month. I don't know, but it's not working right now. And so I'm gone. Period. End of discussion. Uh, esports. Uh, uh, college opens uh, an esports lounge. I think this is Coastal Georgia, uh, I believe is the school. This is Lauren McDonald's article in the Brunswick News and um, uh, quotes esports, one of the fastest growing sports out there, obviously. Billion dollar industry, uh, devoted fan base of 557 million by uh, 2021. Uh, America's 340. So this is a global phenomenon going on. And um, 
collegiate esports teams are being created left and right. Uh, uh, St. Joseph's University in uh, Philadelphia, where I live forever, uh, is is um, uh, has started a team. Some colleges are offering approximately fifteen million dollars per year in scholarships to have the best players join their teams. So. Uh, you can say it's Revenge of the Nerds or, or, you know, maybe you shouldn't bench press anymore. I don't know. Uh, I think it, there's room for everybody. But esports is a real thing and uh, and, and growing dramatically. Uh, uh, Gen X Esports TV, uh, the blog, had a an article by uh, Nicola Savick. Uh, Tencent and Tim Hortons is opening esports coffee shops, 1,500 of them in China. And uh, I would have thought they already had 1,500, but it's growing so much, they're expanding 1,500. Tim Hortons is, is sort of, a uh, for my Bostonian friends, uh, the, the Canadian uh, uh, Dunkin' Donuts. And I'll always call it Dunkin' Donuts. I'll never call it Dunkin'. I'm, I just refuse, period. Um, but uh, So this is a real trend. And I ask you, what are you seeing in your neck of the woods, kind of being Al Roker for a second, uh, you know, does your college, does your alma mater uh, offer a program? Are you seeing it crop up? Have you gone to an event? What have you watched? Is there a star out there that you're paying attention to? Because um, I, I think this is a real deal. Uh, I'm obviously bullish on uranium. I'm, I'll talk about the Azarius podcast later, but I wanted to include it in this segment because I think the uranium story... Uh, arguably is is the one of the most solid things i've encountered in the last two years for the next two years there we go uh keep that one in uh i say there you go a lot and here you go a lot and i ask mike to edit them out sometimes he does sometimes he doesn't it's artistic license uh this is the cues um uh, the cues are the top the nasdaq 100 the top uh 100 market cap companies in the nasdaq uh, needless to say, it is tech-heavy, heavy. Uh, Tesla, Apple, etc. is in there. Uh, we'll talk about SoftBank, over, that's what's happened over the last week. But just from a chart standpoint, and I know I keep uh, hit, hitting this point, but look at the volume picking up, the pink lines at the far right. Uh, you see that, Mike? The, the volume is picking up on the down days. and But there's very little technical damage done. I kind of chuckle when I when I listen to CNBC and, and elsewhere, you know, why is Tesla down? Why is Apple down? It's up 140%. That's why it's down. It's time. It rests. It, it's like everything and everybody, nothing goes straight up. And uh, uh, my point here is the 200-day moving average is at 229. The Qs are at 269 right now. So that's 40 points lower. It is perfectly reasonable if this is a continuing bull trend. I don't know if it is. I question, given the valuations. But this could correct 40 points lower, down 15%, and you really wouldn't have any big technical damage done. I do not like the volume pickup uh, on the down days that we're seeing. That shows that the enthusiasm for the, the sellers is, is picking up. And I use the forest match analogy, which means 
uh, you know, it, it takes 100 years to grow a forest. It takes a drunk with a match a weekend to burn it down. Construct Destruction happens much faster than construction in every part of life. And in the stock market, it is especially true. So just know where you are and know how fast gains can be taken away. Uh, the next segment didn't have any uh, direct fan mail, uh, but this is a, something that I came up with as I was uh, you know, reading a bunch of things. And, uh, and I'm going to say touch the stove. And uh, I'm not a helicopter parent. You've seen my boys. They're doing great. And I kind of let them get hurt a little bit. Nothing fatal. I don't want them burned. I don't want them maimed. But I want them to touch the stove. Meaning you make mistakes and you feel some pain and you learn. Me saying, you know, don't chase Tesla. You're not going to, that doesn't do anything. You have to lose money in Tesla. I put the Tesla chart up here because that's, this is sort of the, the poster child. Great company, great product, great CEO. Valuations are very difficult to, to understand in, from my perspective. Uh, when a stock goes parabolic like this, I think it, 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 the retracements are sharp and severe. We're seeing that. And, uh, but I'm not going to wag my finger like so many are at the Robin Hood investors, the Portnoy followers, et cetera, and say, oh, well, you know, we have to protect you from this. No, lose money, feel the pain and learn. And that's okay. Now, don't do it with your mortgage payment. Don't do it so that, so that it's fatal, but, you know, make sure it's a landing you can walk away from, but touch the stove. Uh, and this, this uh, the Wall Street Journal article that came out of the pile that I went through to the wee hours last night. Uh, this is Michael Worsthorn and Yuram Choi, um, who uh, uh, wrote an article recently. You know, does Robin Hood, uh, is the design, the gamification, my words, not theirs, uh, designed to uh, 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 draw in investors, naive investors perhaps, the confetti going up and what have you. And, and I say you're big boys and girls. And uh, again, uh, you do it with small amounts of money, have the base, you know, a retirement account and all that good stuff. They brought up eToro and Webull. Now, by the way, here's a point. Okay. No one says eBear or, 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 uh, or, or, or Sinus app. It's all bullish. Because stocks go up, and it is stocks go up two thirds of the time. They go down a third of the time, and they go down a third faster. You know that, I know that, and if you didn't know that, you're going to learn it at some point, and that's why I say touch the stove. And if Robinhood uh, uh, entices you to uh, buy a dumb stock, you're going to find out pretty darn fast. If, by the way, if you know anything about eToro and Webull. I haven't encountered those. I'd love to know what you think. Uh, I also would love to have ideas for the show, services you'd like me to add, things that, that we should incorporate on the website, which I'm still horribly behind on. That's I apologize, Mike. But please send me those ideas. I'd love to find, uh, and I have no pride of authorship. If you see something else that someone else does that, that I should incorporate into my repertoire, I'm all ears. Next segment is Bake's Take. Bonds are going down. 
the 60-40 nuclear winter. I keep bringing this home. It's more germane to my advisor friends that are out there listening to rather than, you know, my my college age uh, audience. But um, and I want you to send your rationale and reactions too. But uh, Bear Traps added one to my list. I'll discuss that later. I always give credit to uh, anybody that I cite in the show. I, re- I really go a long way to doing that. I try to reach out via DMs and what have you to say, hey, gave you a shout out, highlighted your work, appreciate what you do, and I'll always do that. And um, But again, uh, the, the Bear Traps uh, story coming up, I think is going to be a, a new twist that I wasn't aware of. So stay tuned, please. Uh, next take, podcast of the week. Uh, this is Darren and Chris. I'm almost positive I have that right. Sorry, guys, if I didn't. Uh, from Azarius Capital Management, they uh, to say they go into the weeds on uranium is an understatement. Uh, they have a great podcast on Spotify. It's not on the other services for reasons I don't understand, but go to Spotify, listen to what they what they're talking about. This one, most recent one, is about 25 minutes. It talks about the long-term contracting nature of uranium, which makes sense given that it's utilities buying uranium to produce power for years and years and years into the future. Uh, we believe, I'll say I believe, I believe that the 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 uh, fundamentals have turned. The the Japanese debacle of, of uh, the plant that was hit by the, the uh, tsunami, that's worked its way through the system. We're going to have higher prices. They're going to lo- lock into uh, higher contracting prices. Anybody that produces the uh, the metal, and uh, but Azarius does a great job of of doing that. And I, if you're really in, interested in uranium, they're obviously talking their book. They own the stocks and and what have you. But I, I would I would uh, listen to them and and tell me what you think, please. Uh, next segment is reporters of the week. This is in Barron's. It's Randall Forsyth and the uh talking about the tech stock slide that just happened and my aside uh where a lot of people are are comparing this to 99 and i don't think it's 99 uh, but the fact that we're all looking at that as as the uh you know, if if these if these valuations are hit in 99 then we're okay Stocks can go down for a lot of reasons. You don't have to get to 99 levels to make stocks go down. I guess that's my point. Um, uh, several media outlets talked about SoftBank this week. SoftBank, a uh, Japanese conglomerate, owns uh, and has funded innumerable uh, uh, tech giants, very successful investors, has made mistakes, was one of the biggest investors in WeWork, which has been a disaster. But with all that, uh, they went out and they bought $4 billion in call options on mega cap tech stocks. According to these media outlets, they haven't given a comment. And that gave them the right to acquire approximately $50 billion worth of the underlying shares. My aside is you're already long. You own technology up to your eyeballs. Now you have to go use leveraged derivatives to get more exposure. I don't understand it. Maybe they're trying to make up for for, uh, 
performance shortfalls that came from the WeWork situation. I don't know. It sounds crazy to me. The stock, uh, uh, SoftBank, which trades in Japan, has not liked it and has sold off. But there you go. But here's uh, getting into the weeds a little bit. What, what happens mechanistically? They buy calls, they want, which gives them the right to buy stocks at certain prices. They obviously think the stocks are going up. The, the Wall Street banks, the investment banks, uh, sell the calls to them, but then they buy this underlying stocks to hedge the risk. And uh, uh, so that's why we had these big run-ups over the last, uh, in August so much. That's at least the speculation. Again, they haven't said it officially, but it makes makes sense. Now that that's over, that trade's over, and maybe being unwound, do we hit an air pocket? Are we hitting an air pocket? I don't know. Kind of feels like it. Uh, stay tuned, but I want you to know about that, given you're going to probably hear about that in, 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 uh, in the news. Uh, this is September. It is uh, usually the worst month of the year for stocks. Uh, we obviously have an election coming up in 55 days, and a lot of you know crazy things can happen. But here is the uh, some of the mechanisms that exacerbate these these big moves and have recently. He also mentioned this is Randall Forsythe's uh, column. If I didn't say that, uh, he reports in the Financial Times that they uh, talked about. U.S. executives selling $6.7 billion worth of this company's stock in August. That's the biggest amount in five years. And there's a lot of reasons to to uh, sell stock, but expecting it to rise isn't one of them. So insiders who know their businesses really, really well, better than we do, are selling their stock. And I think it's just something to to, to be cognizant of of where we are in this in this market environment. I included this. This is from Barron's again. Josh Nathan Kazis. Uh, crunch time for vaccine news. Brace yourself. And I put this into the show. AstraZeneca then halted a trial because of an adverse event in the trial they're doing with Oxford University. And it's it's uh, taken a little bit of the bloom off the rose for the vaccine plays. And I've always been of the mind that uh, reading everything that I do and listening to everything that I do, that the consensus is we're going to have a vaccine by the end of the year, if not by the election. Anything that dents that view, I think, is going to be problematic for at least the biotech stocks that are involved here. I could be wrong. Give me your view. But anyway... Uh, this is a quote from Jeff Porges. I know Jeff. Uh, he was a cell site analyst. I worked with him for, for quite some time. Very thoughtful person. And says the tension uh, when we get this news, i.e. a, a, a vaccine approval, you're going to have the speculative investors who say, by the rumor, sell the news. In this case, it isn't rumors. It's, it's the anticipation. Uh, longer-term investors are going to say, okay, I've de-risked the programs now. Now they're a legitimate long-term investment. Um, he also points to the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, and they are the independent committee that advises the uh, CDC on whether to take a vaccine. Uh, and his quote is, I don't believe they are corruptible. 
and that the medical community, medical community will look to them for independent judgment. Uh, and that's why the EUA, I forget what that acronym matters, is what, what that pertains to. Um, but the, so the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices is really going to carry a lot, of, a lot of sway. Then Evercore's analyst, Umar Rafat, who I also know, uh, surveyed 750 investors and 350 biotech and pharmaceutical professionals in August. And so these aren't, you know, pulling people off the street. They're ensconced in the industry and all of these issues. And 70% said they would wait at least six months before they take a vaccine. And many said they would wait a a year. And as as an understatement, uh, Umer says, it has direct ramifications for reopening. Now, if the news comes out, Will stocks sell out dramatically? I don't think so, but I also think that the if if people think there's a light switch that goes on and everybody reopens and goes and gets on planes on the next Thursday after they get the vaccine, I'm not sure that's going to happen either. So, and this is Jeff being Jeff. It's very difficult to find realistic scenarios in which you can justify a positive return from the current valuation. And he thinks this market is $115 billion. So we've already discounted a lot of that, maybe all of that, as of right now. So if you own the Modernas of the world or you own the biotech ETFs, watch yourself. And by the way, the Modernas of the world are big percentages of those ETFs that, of course, we've talked about in the past. Um, This is also in Barron's a couple weeks ago, Al Root. Interviews the edges, Jim Osman, and uh, this is just my curiosity. Zwift is an online cycling program. Mike, do you know anything about these? Uh, it's a uh, a Peloton competitor, and what caught me was his quote: "It will drop Peloton for dead." I'm. I'd love to know if anybody uses it and what they think and and how right he is. Peloton has been screaming as everybody has been quarantined, and uh, I, I think it sounds like it's it's a, a, a excessive use of the word dead, but we'll see what happens. Virtual cycling cycling is a is a big trend. Uh, the the, uh, the you know the the demand outstrips the supply of stationary bikes. Zwift is putting real races on. They've just started introducing triathlons. And here's why I bring him up in, in my podcast is the he believes that esports uh, are going to becoming much more socially acceptable, commonplace than we have right now. The, the idea of rolling up to a football game, eating a hot dog, and watching these guys run around, a lot of this is going to be virtual going forward. And he points to uh, Take-Two Interactive and Electronic Arts and Zwift, which apparently is going public any day now. Uh, keep an eye out for that. But it's another confirmation of smart people uh, investing in esports, and I wanted you to know about that. Let's go to the charts, Mike, please. Uh, this is from Josh Brown. I quote him often. Uh, he's the CEO of Ritholtz. I like all of his content. Listen to everything. And this is the GDP versus the stock market. And this is the an inverse correlation that we have never seen. It is about as striking as you can make it. 
the fact that you have the stock market up and, and the economy down, we're in uncharted territory. And this is just a graphical way of portraying it, which I, of course, like and wanted to share with you. Next up is uh, the Bear Traps report. And they pointed out that uh, on this chart here that it's very rare to have the VIX up while the stock market is at an all-time high. And it's happened, but the last time it's happened was 99. Now, it implied, uh, the implication is that the stock, stocks can still go up while this happens, but it didn't end well. And uh, so I just want you to know where you are and have your head on a swivel because these VIX readings are, are, are problematic for the stock market. Maybe not now, but, but be aware that these are, these are at lofty levels. Uh, they use Andrew Thasher's uh, a chart here to show weak breadth. Uh, the stocks at, at three-month highs are still under 20%, meaning very few stocks are participating in this. It is uh, a very weak breadth rally and thus should be viewed with caution. Oh, uh, uh, I've mentioned my, my bearish view on bonds. What, how many times, Mike? 107? Um, and I got, but I want to clarify, I don't think bonds are going down next Thursday. I just think that bonds over the next three to seven years, bond prices are going down. And I, I've laid out my logic in the past. We're at 67 basis points. All we can do is go to zero. That's not going to make you a lot of money. Every 1% yields go up, you lose 10% on your, on your bonds. The money supply is screaming and gold is screaming. And how that doesn't reconcile itself with higher yields and lower bond prices in three to seven years, I don't know. Now, on top of that, Bear Traps points out that China is threatening to sell and or not buy U.S. Treasuries in the future. So if that comes to pass for real and that buying power goes away, it could exacerbate the trends that I already think are, are, are going on, and it, uh, it certainly bears watching. They uh, uh, point to commodities perking up. And I think they make a pretty good case that commodities uh, are going to be beating technology over the next few years. For us, I uh, shy away from the term outperform because when I hear outperform, I think as an institutional investor, which is what I used to do uh, or used to work for, under, outperforming meant you could be you know down 17, the market's down 20, and you pat yourself on the back. I don't want to lose down to 17%. I want to make money no matter what happens. And so under or outperforming, uh, I just want to make money every year, period, end of discussion. Tough to do, but that's the, the aim. And uh, the institutions, they have to be fully invested. They have to be wed to an index. You don't have to do any of that. All you need to do is try and make money. And that's what I hope I, I add some value to. And that's my stance and my story, and I am sticking to it. The The next one. All right, now this is, uh, I'm kind of uh, touching a third rail here, but I decided to. Uh, Warren Buffett. Uh, I've always cringed when people uh, genuflect to Buffett and act like they, they just played bridge with him, and they're, uh, you know, so, you know, be like Warren, because you know, that's what I would do. Uh, it, it bugs me. So I, now, 
having said that, I, I provided this clip to, to Rudy, and it's the scene where Rudy goes to his priest, and, and he's not going to get into Notre Dame, it looks like, and he asks his priest, is there anything else I could have done? Could I have prayed more? And the priest says, uh, I know two things. There is a God, and I'm not him. I know another thing. There is a Warren Buffett, and I'm not him, and you're not him, and acting like a 90-year-old with $65 billion and an insurance company with tax advantages really plays into your investing life, I think is ridiculous. Having said all that, uh, he invested in, in five Japanese companies that are all dealing with commodities, uh, bringing commodities in to the resource-scarce Japan. And uh, two of them are, are pretty heavily involved in uranium. So I don't know if that's a direct link, but it's, 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 it's telling to me that uh, a very smart investor, with all the caveats I just gave you, is getting into physical commodities in a big way. And uh, we'll see how that pans out. I like his chances. Go up to the next one, Mike, please. Uh, Fang Mania. Uh, uh, I, I think this is from, um, from Bear Trap Still. I was struck by a couple things here. This is this is prior manias. Disney in the 60s, gold in the 70s, Japanese banks in the 80s, et cetera, et cetera. And number one, look at the, uh, the extent of these moves and where we are now in the FANG stocks in the far right as it relates to comparing them to the, the NASDAQ 100 back in the dot-com era. And they all kind of take 10 years. You see that, Mike? They're all 10 years, and I don't know what the, why that is, but, uh, you know, the, but the low in stocks was March of 2009, and uh, here it is 11 years. And, uh, uh, you know, you're going to have to retrace this big move to the upside at some point. Again, I'm not saying it's going to happen on Thursday, but we're elevated by every valuation metric you can, you can look at, and I also think we're stretched by a time perspective. And uh, so that's that's my story, story there. Um, Manish Kata put this together, and I put this together for two reasons. This is the all-time high not being confirmed by the advanced decline line, a divergence. Uh, normally, you want to have all-time highs in the AD line going up in, in lockstep. That isn't happening. I also put this up to remind you, as I do, I hope, often enough, to notice the time frame. Every time somebody presents a chart to you, I want your eye to instantly go to the axis. How long are we talking about? Is this a one-day chart, a week, a month, a year, a decade? The longer the time frames, the more relevant the charts are in my view. Again, this is a short-term perspective. It could resolve to the upside. It seems unlikely, but uh, I wanted to present it to you for those reasons. All right, that's the show. Uh, please also subscribe to my Bakes Takes YouTube channel. The audio is the same, but the charts that I reference are on the screen. Follow us on Twitter, at Bakes Takes underscore, and other social media. Please use your voice memo app, tape your questions and ideas, and email to bakes at bakestakespodcast.com, or write if you prefer. I will also keep you anonymous if you'd like. Thank you for listening. Mike Wilson is my producer. Thank you again. Have a great week. This is Bakes 
from Much Needed Levity. Please click on this. This is John Mulaney. Why buy the cow? It's worth your three minutes. Trust me. Take care now. Bye.